Taylor Swift know her porn was a deep fake? The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. world Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Hey, Larry, it's episode 116 of Planet Rage. 116. How you doing there, Daytona, Darren? I'm doing, I mean, those, the scheduling in Daytona, if you want to talk about rage inducing. Yeah. I mean, looking at the weather everybody knew last week that unless something changed and i get it you can't make those decisions too early but everybody knew from like monday tuesday of last week that the weekend looks and looked like it was going to be rained out because while there are some tracks that they will now use the rain tires on the ones where they're going 190 miles an hour no three wide not where they're going to use that and uh so the xfinity race which is their like triple a race that was set to go on Saturday knew that was going to get rained out. They got the truck race in on Friday night and they did not disappoint. They wrecked every which way the truck race. And what, what, so like, what are we talking? Pickup trucks? Yes. Yeah. I semis, mean, what pick up? Yeah. The semis would be more interesting, Yeah, <laughs> but it's the, it's a pickup style. But you know, when you look at that compared to a pickup truck, most people drive, it's way lower to the ground, way wider. Yeah. Was a Tesla in the field? They should. They're, well, the electric cars. I mean, I can only imagine the the fires that they would have once they start doing <laughs> that. Because NASCAR is very close to doing a electric, you know, just as a test, doing an electric series. And that would be That's so fucked up. Yeah, that to me would be the biggest problem would be that y'all hit each other. And the batteries are not stable. And besides that, it'd be like my kids told me about that. They have something now. What the fuck is it called? Something like uh, silent disco or silent rave. Right. Where people just gather with their fucking buds in their ears and there's no actual, you know, loudspeakers or music and dance Correct. around. So it sounds horribly fucked up. Like I want to go to a fucking car race where I can't hear, you know, 10,000 horsepower engines. Right. Get bent. You know, there are, <laughs> and I will, there was a, um, a few years ago, I saw a story about a high school doing this because of a student that had some kind of like hypersensitivity to loud noises and couldn't mm. take part. So they Let's all got fuck up everybody else's shit just right. to cater to this one guy with uh, with a problem. Now to right? do it once as everybody getting together, that's one thing. Having it forced upon you constantly. But I can yeah. see it with all these people like, oh, no, we have a very loud club right You know, next. I remember when we were in Ireland staying at the Clarence hotel right off of uh, the main little temple bar area. They got loud into the early morning hours. I can just imagine that would be, Oh no, this will be great. Everybody just put your earbuds in yeah, yeah, and you won't annoy anybody. But part of auto racing, anybody that's ever gone to any kind of race knows 
the sound is a big part of it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a huge part of it. Huge. Which, like, you've heard me bitch about this before, how um, coin-operated slot machines was a huge part of a casino to me. Now it's like walking into a church. I have no interest in this. I want to hear the jing, 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 jing. You, you want to hear them quarters falling down. Yeah. Oh, by the way, with Tesla, I saw, <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this. I actually, I bought a refrigerator this weekend. And I thought of this as I saw the Tesla, some guy, some guy, apparently the, the, the stainless steel body of the Tesla truck does not have the same fucking coating, the anti-fingerprint coating that a refrigerator does. Oh, man. So you touch them and they look like shit. Don't touch my car. Don't touch my car. Anywhere. Wear gloves. <laughs> It'll corrode probably quickly, yeah. too. Not if, bad. If a bird mm. takes a poop on it, it could just corrode oh, yeah. right away. Yeah, it'd be a big hole in it. But the sound, I mean, even Little E, Dale Earnhardt Jr. talked about having the opportunity after he retired to be the flagman, you know, to start the Daytona 500. And he's like, you have no idea. He's like, and if you ever get a chance to be in a flag stand for any race, you do it. He's like, but you have no idea, not just coming down to the green flag. He's like, you wait till they come back on the next lap under speed. And he's like the sound and the force and just feeling it as they go by. It's like, yeah, to take this and be like, no, 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 we'll just, it'll just, it'll be electric. It'll, it'll be perfectly quiet. They can put it in through the PA system. Sir Omaha says that'll be the next thing. There you go. Everybody will have subwoofers under the grandstands and it'll be like, oh, and we'll pretend we have car sounds. Yeah. But this is a big part of even how they know something is amiss with an engine. The guys that are really good at this. You know, if your car goes by on the track and you're like, well, I'm not really, I don't have the speed I had. I dropped a little. They'll be like, nope, yep, that's a cylinder or, or whatever. Sure. You can yeah. hear the difference when it's an electric yeah. car. I don't know what you get. Just Yeah, but then they can put vibrations in this, in the bleachers so people can sort of feel the, the, the shuddering, the thudding, right? And then uh, they can play uh, Ozempic ads over the PA system instead of, you know, the, the right. engine noise, right? Right. So there. You can still yeah. have the... Uh, that's even better because you can have ads. The yeah. cars won't be too loud. Yeah. yeah. Here's some Joey speeches or Newsome. You know, that's yeah. Because that was it when you went to the race. I mean, one, I liked having the scanner so I could hear what the drivers were saying. And I'll give yeah. NASCAR props there. I believe they still leave those frequencies unencrypted so anybody can Good. listen along. Well, that, so that's cool. So you're sitting there and you're hearing what these guys are saying to the their pit crew. Yes. And now they, I think with the, it's a paid thing on NASCAR, but if you pay their yearly thing, you can listen to those, whoever you want throughout the whole race from the comfort of your own home, which is nice as well. So they'll just pipe you the audio in, which is why all these people have, uh, you know, different keywords and stuff. So uh, if you have a plan, you don't want everybody to know about it's all going out on the radio. Yeah. Hmm. You had to what have if somebody's those. figured out a hack that and give them the wrong instructions or, oh that's or, happened man that has it has that has that's happened right. and uh they still don't know at, at one point somebody was on dale earnhardt senior's radio but one of the greatest uh stories when it comes to talking about talking on the radio for nascar was when dale earnhardt was just a couple of laps you know from winning that daytona 500 that up on the radio came, oh, you know, Dale, it's Captain Jack here. And Larry McReynolds, who was just, this was his first year as the crew chief 
for Dale Earnhardt was not aware that Bill France Sr., the guy that started NASCAR, had the frequency and would very, very, very infrequently jump on. And Larry McReynolds was about to give him a, a what for in the Richard Childress, the car owner, kind of had to tackle him and be like, no, no, don't, that's, that's pointing up to the box. Like, that's the big guy. That's the guy that runs NASCAR. He can say whatever he wants on the radio. It's his show. Ah, but you can see how very quickly you'd get annoyed if you're trying to do your job and you hear a voice on that that you're not expecting. It'd be like me doing this show and hearing Bemrose. It'd be like, what? What's that? I don't want that. And I was, conf- I was really, I was confused this morning because I'm like, well, let's see, Chicago shot weekend last 24 hours looking for the story and nothing's coming up and i'm like oh shit it's tuesday Why not? it's tuesday that's right <laughs> it's like it yeah. feels like a monday yeah it feels like a monday to me too it does yeah the wife was off yesterday and then having the races but everybody knew getting back to that that the race was gonna be rained out on saturday then everybody at least on sunday they were quick with it first thing in the morning they're like okay yeah we're not doing this they already had the Xfinity race scheduled for 10 a.m. Central. And they're like, well, we'll do the, the big race then at 3 p.m. Central. And I'm thinking, well, there still looked like a little bit of rain in the area. So I'm like, OK, what well, this is going to get off to a little bit of a late start. Then the, the real race will be pushed back a little. Then they're like, oh, no, we'll just start everything at three o'clock Central. I'm like, fuck you. We could have done our show. NASCAR. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I would imagine that the local hoteliers and uh, restaurateurs pray for rain on these things because, oh boy, another night's booking, more dinners. Yes, you got to stay later. Well, that's why they yeah. they let the ARCA race go on, which was supposed to be a Saturday race. They did that Friday night after the truck race. So they raced until like midnight, Wait, one o'clock. Racing killer whales, the ARCA race? ARCA, A R C A, yes. Oh, ARCA, sorry. ARCAs okay. would be even better. Yeah. But those What's folks. What's an ARCA? The ARCA is like the single A, which I can't believe that they let such inexperienced drivers. I mean, you and I won't meet, not with my vision anymore, but you could probably still, with the very little work, get an ARCA license to go race on Daytona at 180 miles an hour. It's like, that's, I'm like, that's questionable. That is, I don't know. (laughs) It all seems really cool until you're in the car going, huh? Yeah. I don't know if my cat-like reflexes are quite that sharp anymore, Darren. I know. It's like, I don't want to. It's much better to watch. <laughs> you see yeah. what they're doing out there and how clubby, just within inches. And of course, this is why there are accidents. Oh, yeah. But it takes uh, nerves of steel to go out there and know. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And that you're not just that you're relying on yourself, but you're relying on everybody else. It's like going out on the expressway, but instead of everybody doing 80, they're doing 180. Well, a good thing on you know on the track is um, nobody's texting there, right? So. You hope, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, was it a good race? Yeah, they were decent. I mean, that's uh, it's always hard to live up to the hype because there's always the big wreck, and that's something they're never going to get away with now or get away well, from. Wait a minute, our pal Scott Lebedo, as you know, is a big NASCAR fan, big big NASCAR fan, and. Um, he did a, uh, you know, I wouldn't clip this because it was just music and video, but he did a, a really great job of like a fucking huge pileup at Daytona. And uh, he, for a music bed, he did uh, Fortalise, which is 
like really, which was great uh, contrast because you've got this fucking ma'am on asphalt and one of the most sort of placid uh, lullaby type piano <laughs> pieces you could imagine. You know, the guy is an artist. So was that from an old race or was that from this Daytona? There were no big pileups or, or of course. Yeah, I, I didn't see what he had done, but there's pileups in every one of these daytona races it seems and as you go into the lower series there are more at least in the main event there have enough experience that they know they don't have to race hard until the end of the race they still get a a wreck here and there but it's usually within the last handful of laps that the whole field will probably get caught up in a wreck yeah some have been more spectacular than others this year. Nobody. Well, no, I think there was uh, one car that left the ground in the truck race. So I believe that one did have a truck go flipping over, but mm-hmm. in the, uh, the other two, everybody stayed on the ground. That's the, one of the main things you want to try to get. Good. Cause there's uh, if you look, I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you look up one of the first truck races at Daytona, Jeff Bodine, was in a wreck that was so severe there was nearly nothing left of the truck you will be amazed that the guy survived and walked away wow the truck went up went into the catch fence which was also not good for people in the stands because you know big truck trying to get out of the track is also kind of dangerous one would think yeah but it's part of the spectacle. That's part of what people like, you know, the danger aspect. That guy's a great NASCAR name because, um, Jethro Bodine, (laughs) right? Yeah. He was the nephew of, of Jed Clampett, Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, that's such, that's like the quintessential country name Bodine. Now you said Bodine. Is it They always said it. Jethro called himself Bodine. They call themselves Bodines. And if you have a, if you have seen the Tom Cruise movie from 1986 or so, Days of Thunder. Yes. The part where they get called into the owner, which have been Big Bill France, based upon him, they get called into the owner's office. And he's like, what do we do? End up looking like a monkey fucking a football out there. <laughs> well, those two drivers, that all was based on Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine. Ah. Uh-huh. So NASCAR legends, they did not get along at all the times. Dale Earnhardt Jr. tells the story of coming into his dad's shop the one day and, you know, just to be funny. And he's like, well, I liked Jeff Bodine, but Bodine and Dale Sr. did not get along. He's like, I walked into my dad's shop one day wearing a Jeff Bodine hat. He's like, he took it off my head, lit it on fire and threw it out. (laughs) Like, that's it. It's that's racing. That's rivalries. That's a lot of fun. Mm. But it's Scott, I can see him putting a good spin on that because it's it is mayhem. Most of the races are not like that. It comes down to a mentality in Daytona and Talladega. The two tracks that are way too long. Maybe they have outlived the usefulness. I know that's blasphemy for some race Ooh, fans, but I think I it is when you have to by just keeping the speeds at a somewhat safe level keep everybody way too compact on each it's a two and a half mile track and at any given time you could throw a blanket over the whole 36 car field right because it never gets spread out so it's like yeah you got a lot of room but they're all racing together for the whole race 
And that's what leads to people doing weird things. Yeah. This is the only way to win. There's also another uh, Talladega, again, a spectacular track. There was a race at Talladega that is worthy of watching the last 15 or 20 laps or so, which go by pretty quick. But it was after a restart. Dale Earnhardt Sr., I think, started like 20th, 25th with like 15 laps to go and just surgically goes to the front and wins. I mean, it's, it was amazing, the stuff. he People swore he could see the air at those tracks. And I'm sure he just figured something out long before everybody else did. Wait a minute. What do you mean see the air? They could, because, you know, at these tracks, this is you're looking for the draft. You're looking for every oh, little okay. advantage that right. you could get. Right. And they're like, he knew like how to slow people down. You know, if you just, just correctly on would get close to them on the side, you know, that would slow them down. If you, there were all sorts of different tricks that you could do with your car to affect the other cars around you. Mm. And that's become less and less with these newer cars because back then don't want to say they were cheating, but man, they would find every little advantage they could. Richard Petty was very comfortable saying they were cheating. He was very, very successful. (laughs) Man, he still looks good. That guy was out at the race. Yeah, he's what eighty six or something like that, at least. And you know, if you hurry, again, our buddy Scott, he has three numbered prints of Richard Petty from his eightieth birthday. Nice. Yeah, and they're thirty five hundred bucks a piece. So uh, well, get on it. We need they're some really, donations. I gotta say, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, you, if you saw these, they're fucking. That guy really is a great artist. So yeah, Petty. I bet you. Imagine that, Richard, on your wall. From yeah, Scott. I've got. I've and got signed some- by both. I'll even sign it for you for free. <laughs> It'll bring the value right through the roof. Way down, right in the toilet. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> Richard has a beautiful signature. He's one of the most intricate signatures out there and a nice guy. So he has signed everything, which even though he may be the best stock car driver ever to walk the planet, his autographs don't go for much because he is a he's lived a long time and he's signed a lot of stuff. Oh, he's an autograph whore. He's a nice guy. He, he talks about when he's a kid, like intentionally coming up with that signature that he wanted a signature that was, you know, nice, not just scribbled. Yeah. And it's rare to see that now. Yeah. Everybody just does the scribble and, uh, mm-hmm. and they move on and, you know, what I is Tay signature? Is it scribble or is it, uh, what is that? The, uh, the earlier ones as any were a lot more legible. And it's interesting because I don't know how anybody, and I know we've ranted about this before, but I don't know anybody that can tell you with certainty that a lot of these newer signatures are real or not real. I completely agree with you. And I don't buy into handwriting analysis either because I could write something today and you'd think it was a different guy tomorrow. It's never the same. So it's a guess no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. It's a guess. And when an artist and, uh, you know, she is no different. But when an artist is sitting down, even Bill O'Reilly, when his new books come out, he talks about signing thousands of copies. You know, and I'm sure they send them out through different bookstores and through his uh, website and that. But Taylor signing thousands of CDs that went out, you know, if you ever had to sit there and just sign anything for anybody, you know, if you're doing thank you cards or something like that, if you got a hundred thank yous to send by the hundredth one, man, your signature does not look good. No, you no. get a little lazy as the, 
as each one goes by and this concept that you can like send an autograph no matter who it is into Beckett or PSA and be like, well, here's 50 bucks, authenticate it. Yeah. Like, who cares? Well, you like this. Um, some years ago, I did a book with my wife and we had, we did a number of signings around uh, Southern California. And <laughs> this is great, man. The, the first was kind of the biggest and it was not too far from our home. It was a good crowd. There are a few hundred people. And these friends of ours we used to hang with, they were flaky. Um, they attended and they, they bought a couple of books or you know, took them up to us to the desk and say, oh, you signed this. So, of course, we put their names in it. I, I can't even remember their names anymore, but, you know, Melissa and Ken, whatever the fuck it was. And, um, and then, you know, it was over, away we went. And so my, <laughs> my wife was back in the store, um, I guess, a week later to see how things are, how the product was moving, whatever. And she looks in the shelf and she pulls a couple of books off and it says sign copies, you know, which they get, a, I don't know if they get a buck more, whatever the fuck it was. And she opens it up. <laughs> they put their signed copies back on the shelf. They, know, they, they never <laughs> they fucking bought them. And now it's like, who the fuck wants a book? You know, that's, that's autographed for Melissa and Ken, you know, it's like, <laughs> that was such a fucking LA move. Yeah. We'll show up at your book signing and we'll have you sign a book, but we don't really, we're not going to pay for it. Uh-huh. We're just going to ruin it. And then they didn't know that you would personalize it because otherwise you'd kind of feel yeah. like a bit of a douchebag to, uh, yeah. I would think anyway, yeah. <laughs> it becomes yeah, on eBay. That becomes a very tough sell. Oh yeah. When it's personalized. Yeah. Which is why some of the baseball players for years would, you know, this is another way, although there are uh, ways now they're not perfect, but the technology is there to, remove signatures from varieties of things including baseballs yeah. so if you're like oh if somebody signed this to larry and it's a babe ruth and you're like well i'd get a lot more money if it wasn't to larry people can go in and and alter that you know clean that really? little section off and mm -hmm. because a lot of the players have did that for years figuring a personalization would kill the value because then you can't just go and sell it unless you know your name's like john right it's easier, I guess. What's your name? Oh, Joe. I'm the man with no name. Right. Put your name on it. How about, hey, kid, whatever. <laughs> I sell this. Hey, speaking of that shit, you see there's a big uh, shit storm with the Eagles and the lyrics to Hotel California. No. Well, I mean, why? That, yeah. that is what? 50 years old, that song now? Yes, exactly. 50 years old. Yes. And uh, yes. there's a problem. All of a sudden, somebody was like, wait a minute. We missed this. Yeah. Well, in typical, you know, typical internet journals who have no fucking idea how to write or tell a story. It's just, it's always like, what the fuck am I reading? Really? It's like, it's like reading a pretzel. They're, they're so bad at what they do. But what I could glean from it is um, Henley, of course, who always seems like the most uh, aggressive of, of that gang. Um, some guy, I guess, was doing a bio on him or something. And, and Henley said, well, yeah, I'll send you all this shit. You can look at my notes, whatever. And, and he shipped them over from his home in Malibu to this, to this author's thing. And I guess he either didn't ask for them back or the guy, whatever, the fucking author then turned him around. And it's been like a provenance. It's been handed off to two or three guys. And now there's one of these dudes that's, you know, a serious dealer in such things. And I guess he's trying to market it for a big, big number. And uh, Henley's like, no, 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 no. Those are my, those are my notes for those lyrics. So there's all kinds of, you know, sharpshooting attorneys involved and, and, and criminal prosecution, prosecution. It's somehow, it's almost like in the, o, in the uh, OJ in Vegas zone, you know, of, uh, of 
not just civil shit, but thievery crimes. Yeah, so, things are we'll getting see. real. I guess so. But yeah, you know, the other hand, I mean, fucking Henley's got to be worth the Jesus. You know, come on, half a billion or something. I mean, he's got to be fabulous. All those dudes, except for Fry, of course, he's dead. Is is uh, I guess his relatives are done well. But um, you know, you wonder how much more can he get or do he want? I don't know. Well, there was the story that was just out that Paul McCartney just got back one of his original Hoffner bass guitars that was stolen yes. 50 years ago. Again, 50 years. Wow. Everything is happening 50 years ago. Yeah. And it turns out that the guy that stole it was just taking instruments. He was robbing a car. Didn't know what was in there. Just look, oh, they're musical instruments. <laughs> I'll take them. Yeah. Then got home and went. Oh shit. Because when you realize what you had, you can't sell it. No. <laughs> you can't sell that bay. People are gonna know. And sure. the story goes that it was, you know, within the family for years and years and years, and then this person got it, then that person got it. And the woman that finally returned it to him, of course, looking for uh, a little bit of a uh, reward. Maybe reward. she'll get one, maybe she won't. I mean, I think it was her relative that stole it, so it's like, well. I mean, I think Paul's a relatively reasonable guy, but it's, a, you know, it's weird when it's like my grandpa stole this and he never gave it back to you for 50 years. Give me money. Yeah. Well, if the guy was ripping it off from cars, you wonder how he knew it was McCartney's. And at the same time, huh? He, he didn't, didn't, which is why he okay. could never do anything with it. Cause he was like, this is kind of yeah. like stealing the you know Mona Lisa. It's like, you, yeah. you, you can't well, just go sell it on eBay. Well, I got to ask, was it, was the thing like highly customized or did Paul autograph it or something? Because there's a lot of those fucking things got made unless he had the serial number, yes. you know, squirreled away. How would you know? I think it was, that it was his Hoffner. I think it was, uh, the serial number did match. And my guess would be there was probably a story that McCartney's thing was stolen and not just a big deal. And then you'd realize that, uh, yeah. You know, or depending what it was like outside of a studio or something like that. I just like the story that said McCartney bought it for 47 bucks. And they estimate if this were to go on auction today, 10.6 million was the, there you go. was yeah, the that's estimate. Appreciation. Like, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's a good return. It is. Um, yeah. And they were never considered great guitars. In fact, he'd have been a better bass player if he'd had a Rickenbacker like the other two Beatles, but. He liked it because it was uh, ambidextrous. Then he yes. played it upside down and was like, well, this didn't look dumb. Yeah. I guess back then it was harder to get a left-handed anything. Probably. Which makes sense. But when you look at the amount of money they can get for those, uh, Mark Knopfler just sold a lot of his collection and got millions of dollars. And uh, I think 25% or was a decent amount was either. I don't think it was 50. I think it was 25% went to charity, which was nice. Nice. Cause he got millions of dollars Yeah, for sure. the guitars that he had. And he's another one of those, you know, it's hard to say he's uh, not appreciated, but I don't think he's appreciated enough. Well, he's not. And there's a simple reason why. Um, he's if not you look at it. Well, he's, he's enormously talented. He has an absolutely fantastic, immediately recognizable, unique style. How many guys can say that? I mean, really? Even the greats. Um, but he never really looked like a rock star. True. And that's such a part of the formula. You know, so many of these guys, they, they don't have to only be fantastic axemen. They have to fucking look 
like something, you know, that groupies are going to swarm. They have to have that look. And he, he never quite did. He's always looked like the regular Joe. He does. He fits yeah. a lot more in, in like the Nashville session, you know, studio guy. Yeah, than exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But then when he uh, sits down and starts playing that guitar, you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Well, you listen to that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because <laughs> it's just the way he learned, taught himself how to play. And it became such a, a unique way to do it. It's like, it's unlike the way most people play. And you hear, you know, people that were trying to cap, uh, capture the same sound of some guys it's well, you know, for Jimmy page, it was trying to figure out the right amps and the right distortions and everything for Eddie Van Halen. I mean, you had to be able to do the speed for Mark Knopfler. You just have to totally change the way you play with the way he picks with his fingertips and, uh, just manipulates the guitar in a way that nobody sounds the same way. When you hear him play, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You you know it's him. Sure. sure. But I digress. This is- Another guy with a huge guitar collection that sold a chunk of it. But I, I, I doubt he would fetch the same price that Knopfler did was, believe it or not, Richard Gere. Really? Yeah, he had an enormous collection, a shitload of, uh, of you know, first one-off uh, D'Angelico's and white books in there, you know, really super high-end shit. Um, but I don't even know if he can do, he's probably a three chord Johnny. Well, maybe he's right. not, I don't know. But, you have just a really nice guitar where see with Mark Knopfler selling the guitar with all the notes yeah. that he has kept, it's like, Oh, play this one on money for nothing. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. And if you can do that with uh, some of these artists, cause a lot of times they're just swapping instruments. If there's other people around, I mean, it could be the, uh, you know, some random guitar sitting around that a part that became legendary was recorded with yeah. that, you know, the yeah. guy who never played that guitar again. Yes. If you can track those things down, it's like, that's why like the photo matching, they do this with jerseys and stuff like that. So if you like, I got a Michael Jordan game worn Jersey, yeah. they will try to match it to, you know, the sweat stains, any little rips, any little imperfections, they will try to match that to, something that was worn in a game because like well if this was worn in a game where he scored you know more points than ever before well then yeah that's worth more money it's the buddy same thing with instruments a, uh, buddy of mine was a roadie for uh janice with big brother and the holding company a long time ago and uh he was uh, they, they were on a bill with hendrix and so Hendrix, I guess he was kind of a smaller act then, whatever he hadn't really exploded. So he didn't have a whole lot of staff and he kind of hung around to, uh, you know, for Jimmy and he smashed one of his white strats and then, um, he just kind of held it out. And my friend took it and went outside and threw it in a dumpster. <laughs> if he'd held on to that, you know, that yeah. would have been his retirement, you know, uh-huh. but who, who knew? Wow. Yeah. You tried yeah. to, well, that's, you know, now I'm sure, uh, Easily in the one million range. Uh, oh, easily, easily in the one million. Even even smashed, sure. You know, even just if 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 long as you can prove that he played that on stage yeah. for five minutes, which is like a lot of those. Uh, you know, the joke was made a couple of times, I think, on Pawn Stars, where somebody brings in a guitar, and it was, you know, whoever. You know, it's just the model of. So say it was a slash model guitar, but it was not one he played. He just designed it for gibson or whoever well once slash comes in to authenticate it rick's always like can can you just like play a couple of chords on here so then i can say 
without lying that you play, you uh, yeah. actually played this played instrument, this. <laughs> even if it was, you know, yeah. right here in the shop and only you strummed a couple of chords. Well, technically, yeah. Yeah. That was a slash played guitar then once you, mm. and people go crazy for all sorts of weird things. They do. they do. But I digress. And we're doing music talk today on. We uh, are. I don't know how we got here, but it's good. You know, I'm always good to. We can talk music all day long. Then we just invite Bandrew in and we get him to talk about yes. the microphones. He was the only one that asked, like, what, what, no planet rage this week? I'm like, no, no, we're, we're doing that. it. We're doing it just a daylight. And he yeah. took such offense from the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer saying it was his poor microphone causing my migraine. Oh. Those were fighting words. He noticed it. He heard it. And he threw down. <laughs> mm. So I don't know if there's going to be a cage match anytime soon between Bandrew and the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer, but I'd pay to see that. I'll pay. I'll be there. I'll, you know what? Bandrew, I'll be your corner, man. How's that? I, this will be fun. Pay-per-view. Yeah. Value for value. Yeah. Right. See, you have the clip. I read about this. I did not have the clip from Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary. Yes. Which is a good yes, place to start as anywhere. Thanks to the Trump fiasco. Yeah. Yes. The atrocity, really. Um, it's all over the news. And I might add that, um, you know, he, uh, my kids were huge fans of Shark Tank, which is kind of weird for like preteen girls. Right. Well, were they right? did they have business ideas and they wanted to grow a, uh, well, so a multimillion they dollar empire? Of, they, I guess so. They always had little germs of ideas for stuff. But they was they was Doug watching it, you know. And so I wound up watching it with them many, many, many times. And he was the only guy I could really liked. You know, I was going to say Stan. I was more than I liked him because he'd say, you know, you're dead to me. Right. Take this out behind the shed and shoot it. And he was our kind. He's, you know, he'd be, he's our kind of guy. Uh, I always thought Cuban was kind of a schmoof. And uh, uh, the, 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 the guy what was it, the guy with the Polish name on the end and the, the doll eyes was just, you know, kind of a, a blank slate. Oh, right. Uh, anyway. uh, Robert. Uh, Robert Wojcik or something. Right. And, um, um, one of the most obnoxious ones, who's so kind of a stand in, was one of the founders or, or, or funders of uh, Uber. He was fucking annoying. Um, he always wore a cowboy shirt, but he wasn't a cowboy. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, I remember him too. Yeah. It's been years since we've Chris watched Chris Skaka was his name, Skaka or Skaka, something like that. I don't know how that came to me. Yeah, anyway, I always liked Mr. Wonderful. And so, you know, here he is, you know, in whatever, in the same incarnation, but he's, he's, got, he's got the right. He's got the right attitude uh, about what happened in that courtroom. Yeah. Well, he's got the business acumen, too. He does. Back with us, O'Leary Ventures chairman, Shark Tank investor. You know, Kevin, you had mentioned, and it was a very profound kind of... Con- that Neil Cavuto he's with? That's Cavuto, mm-hmm. who's very much a, a kind of an anti-never-Trumper, is he not? I think, I he think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Comment that... You know, some of these other businesses do have right to be concerned, whether they like Donald Trump or not. Maybe you can elaborate on that. Well, this this award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here. And, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. Stop. Now, I think I played a clip from him about a month ago when this this fucking kangaroo court thing was first popping up. And I think I said that. O'Leary just canceled himself. And back then he was saying, hey, man, this, this, they have no case. What Trump does is what anybody does in any negotiation, whether it's a multi-billion dollar real estate deal or something from fucking Facebook marketplace. Hey, here's a here's an Afghan blanket. My grandmother knit. I want a hundred bucks for it. Well, I don't right. think it's worth that. I'll give you a 50. That's how fucking business works. 
Right. <laughs> you know, and and when 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 um, uh, Mr. Wonderful gave that explanation, and he did it very well, better than I just did. Um, he said several times, this has nothing to do with Trump. But and he, again, he's saying that right now. But come on. We know, Kevin, we know. And whether what, it doesn't matter, he's now taken Trump's side, no matter how he tries to disavow or distance himself, he's partially canceled. He, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck because he's worth, you know, untold hundreds of millions. Um, but just I thought I'd add that as a sidebar. Sir, I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the the decision at all. It, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this. And I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Like California is a loser state. There are many- <laughs> I like that. I think he I think he misspelled shithole. Don't you? He meant to say <laughs> Right. Somehow it came out like loser, but it's really shithole. It's a shithole state. Yeah. And it's going to get worse and worse. And if you really have the truck drivers start to go, you know what? We're just not going to deliver in and out of New York anymore. God, I would love that. I would love that to happen. It really is going to be like that Kurt Russell escape from New York soon coming mm-hmm. yeah. to New York and everybody get ready for that and understand it's because of the policies of the people that you keep electing yes which is why it's happening when you do this to any real estate investor i'm sure mr wonderful or anybody else who's looking to buy and sell real estate goes um there's a better playing field in any other city in the country at this point oh then. yeah well, well as you'll hear him say it, it really doesn't in his case apply to real estate it's just investing in any business leaves you open to this type of a, of a basically a gang a government rape i guess is the best term how do i call it yeah it makes sense yeah yeah like california is a loser state there are many loser states because of policy high taxes uncompetitive regulation it was already on the top of the list of being a loser state i would never invest in new york now and i'm not the only person saying that and here's a real-time situation in development in real estate right now the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers they cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each they are very expensive they require low power you need permits but most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers and that's why developers like me are doing this now you need power so new york has niagara falls normally you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities create 400 jobs five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services i can't go to new york so i'm going to oklahoma north dakota west virginia governor stitt kevin stitt my staff have met with him governor bergen the same thing governor justice those are winner states they don't do things like this i have to syndicate that debt and all that equity we're talking billions of dollars here do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch new york no. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a four billion dollar data center? Not Stop. Stop. Well, you know, even before this, um, AOC took care of that. Remember, she told Amazon to get fucked and get right. out of Brooklyn. 
<laughs> right. We don't want you. We don't want your kind we don't want here. You or your fucking economic base. Fuck off. <laughs> we don't want your money. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Our people don't need the jobs. No. No. And, he, and he makes a really good point when you need power having something like niagara falls there which will help generate all that power oh yeah cheaply no it's so one yeah. good thing they have over in uh, the seattle area according to the fabulous ryan bemrose oh yeah it's so fucking wet up there it's just it's one big waterfall really god hydroelectric cheap electricity <laughs> where you can run your data center but no no well that just shows multiple problems one you can't trust the government not to go after people too everything's woke and then when you don't have stability you're not going to put a business somewhere where you can't reasonably think that it's going to be stable we should all join hands and pray for the domino effect in new york and that this is the beginning of the collapse of that entire place it's beginning with the city of new york would be a beautiful thing because all these guys that are on that bandwagon like you know larry fink of black rock and jamie diamond and all these these you know uber wealthy you know masters of the universe um they're kind of they've kind of engineered this they're good with it but it's but at some point at some point the ripple effect will take effect you yes. know when the truckers don't deliver and people are not investing and all of a sudden you're fucking you're you're uh, you know 19 acre uh uh, $80 million estate in Laddingtown um, is sudden, suddenly no is suddenly worth maybe half the amount because nobody really wants to fucking live around there anymore or certainly pay the freight to do so. So that's when it bites them in the ass. And I hope that happens very quickly. Yeah, something has to correct itself in New York for it to be livable. And that would make sense. I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now. Fastest growing city in America, Nashville. Winner state. Good policy. Competitive taxes. You've got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York, mega loser state. So, Kevin, what did you think of Governor Hochul saying this is like a unique one and done because Donald Trump went too far and was so nefarious? Uh, You guys, if you're just doing what you should be doing, you have nothing to worry about. But they're very worried about it. Yeah, we're very worried. Every investor is worried because where is the victim who lost money? This is some arbitrary decision a judge made. This policy and what this says, what does this say about the bar, the legal bar? In New York, aren't they going to question this judge? What is this? Three hundred and fifty-five million dollars, and there's dollars as a as a penalty, and there's plus interest at nine percent, and there's no victim. I mean, I'm sorry, her her words fall on deaf ears to everybody. There's nothing she can say to justify this decision, and this has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing to do with Trump. Forget about Trump. This is not a Trump situation. This is a New York problem now. The whole world is looking at this saying, what are you doing to yourselves? Well put, Kevin. Always good chatting with you. Kevin O'Leary following all of that. Yeah, well put, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's right in the sense that it's not a Trump issue because it's going forward, going to have an effect on anybody even thinking of doing business there because i don't think sure again there's no stability so you can't just go well you know it was just donald trump and that's why they went after him 
because then you nobody wants to admit that as o'leary said there are no victims so if you were to ask the average citizen about this case i guarantee you they would not have a clue what donald trump allegedly did no or why the penalty should be this high they just know oh donald trump bad we got to get him of course well and that's exactly why they did it and you've got these idiots from the fucking governor uh to that douchebag judge um all of them kevin's uh kevin's uh um, name for the state is actually very good. It's a loser state because it's it's run by losers. Kathy Hochul is another lifetime politician parasite. She has no fucking idea how to make a buck on her own unless it's from a government check. Um, this judge, this Angoran guy, failed at everything he ever tried. Failed attorney, failed taxi driver. I don't know how the fuck he wound up got to wear a, a robe, but it was so clear that this was his his big moment in the spotlight. Look at me. I've got this fucking this billionaire in on the end of a, a point of a pin, like a like a, a flailing fly, and I'm gonna fucking fuck him over and fleece him. I mean, it's it's all it's about. That's all they are. They're junk. They're losers, all of them. Well, and then you have the DA in Letitia Yo. James who yeah. ran on I'm gonna get Trump. Yes. Yes. I mean, nothing says law being followed as I am going to get this guy. Like, how do you not see that? How do you not realize? To me, this is a lot like what we heard in the last show with Michael Rappaport going, watching cops get their ass handed to them, getting their asses beat on the street by migrants. How do you think it's what is what's going to happen to us? You know, what's keeping that from happening to us? Well, this is the exact same the dance thing. team. Didn't you see the MIPD dance team? No. <laughs> oh, Did I? yeah. You know, again, this is something I couldn't. I guess I could have clipped it, but uh, there's a, there's now a dance team for uh, for New York's finest, and it's all chicks, and I think it's about six or seven of them, all of whom you know need to get on a serious weight control plan. I mean, really, they were you know. <laughs> well, they please. may be the toughest they got now in New York. You don't know, yeah, I guess. And and then so they so they spoke to them, and then it was it was a local TV thing interview. Isn't this fun and cute and whatever? And um, the the spokes check, you know, they're they're talking. It's like, and who are you? And she's like, well, my name is, uh, you know, Zama Zama. Uh, I'm or I'm I'm a lieutenant so and so, and I'm sergeant so. See, so these are officers in NYPD, and they're dancing around not very well, really. And it's probably a function of their of their uh, of their size. And it's just like it's 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 an out of body experience watching this shit because I watched that clip. And then right behind it was a clip of, um, I think, Roosevelt Island, which is a pretty nice residential area. Not, not to be confused with Rikers Island, where the prison is. A little different. Okay. A little different. And they've built this massive shelter there. And there was a fucking riot in there. And these fucking, thank you, Ryan Bemrose, these criminal aliens are rioting in this place. And there's about six or seven cops um, trying to deal with this. And one of these female police women, police people right some one of these fucking hoods bangs up a, a, a big heavy backpack off her head almost knocks her flat and nothing happened i mean like what am, what am i watching had something like this been brewing when i lived there a long time ago in 30 seconds there would have been a thousand cops right on that scene and they would have beaten them all half to death before they took them to jail 
and now it's, it's just totally a defensive posture. They walked out of there backwards as these guys are still hurling all kinds of debris at them. And this is the fucking dreamers, right? This is Biden's dreamers, our friends and neighbors that he wants. Fuck you. And you see, it's all getting more traction. They take a migrant into your house. Tina was making a joke. Oh, yeah. I saw that ago. coming. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And there's going to, it's going to, it's going to go from, it's, watch, it's going to go from please to we command you. Uh-huh. Trust me, that's coming. This is why people are avoiding these places like the plague. And when you see if this can happen to Donald Trump, you don't think this can happen to you? Average Anybody. citizen who posts the wrong thing on uh, the social medias or something. Sure. Says something on a podcast, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely insane. Again, but this is all they need for the left to then start pointing. Well, you see, Donald Trump was bad. He got convicted. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's what it's all about. It's just it's for the soundbite to say, look, you, had to pay, you, you can hear the you can hear the campaign ads. He had to pay over a half a billion dollars in fines. He was impeached twice. He was uh-huh. 91 felony counts. He was indicted. You know, that's all it's all about. Just to fucking feed that to the mouth breathing imbeciles that support Joey. Now, speaking of mouth breathing, breathing imbeciles, you got Hochul on uh, Trump, the judgment. Well, yeah, you can hear. And that's exactly what Mr. Wonderful, you can hear her saying it in the in the flesh. Mm. I know many of the business people in New York City and by and large, they are honest people. And Stop. Not- but not Donald how Trump. How about that? <laughs> uh, except Trump, but 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 how's that even even to speak about the you know the, the majority of the by so her, what's her inference is well a lot of them are fucking crooks by and large well I mean, I mean what what kind of a fucking idiot refers to the business community in your own state in those terms by and large she is a fucking moron she's never made a buck on her own in her life she's gone from one government job to the next a parasite that's what she is honest people and they're not trying to hide their assets and they're following the rules not trying to hide their assets Uh assets yeah yeah i think maybe she's not familiar with the crimes going on no of drugs in uh, new york no they're they're paying all their taxes sweetie nothing to worry about nobody's hiding any of that (laughs) and this again the overvaluing of properties well you do that to get the best possible loan and then you know it's only a crime really if you then don't pay the loan back. So yeah, but this but that's that's beyond her realm of understanding. Well, it's true. a business. It's a negotiation. She's, she's never had to negotiate anything because everything's been handed to her by the, by the state. And so this but judge I, determined that Donald Trump did not follow the rules. He was prosecuted. And truly, the governor of the state of New York does not have a say in the size of a fine. I think that this is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. Well, most of the business people in New York know they are not any different None. than Donald Trump. The only Trump. thing is the amount, of number, the amount of zeros on the deal. It's the same underpinnings, same foundation. It's called a negotiation. I did think it was interesting that uh, if I read this right, the headline that Nikki Haley said, if she's elected, she will pardon Donald Trump. Oh, nice. I thought it was an interesting uh, campaign, uh, <laughs> interesting campaign thing to, to go out there with. Wow. He doesn't and like remember, her. Remember, Hochul was the one also that likened the vax to a sacrament, remember? And uh, we all had to be uh, evangelists and apostles and go out and spread that vax. Remember her saying that? 
Well, this is get, and this is how you know the Drudge Report has gone completely anti-Trump. Call for years now. Yeah. If you ever gone to the Drudge Report, you know that they will clump like stories together. So if they're associated, you'll have the headlines in the same little box. The ones uh, last night into this morning, maybe still there was, oh, big, biggest study ever finds all sorts of side effects with the mRNA vaccines. Mm-hmm. The next one was, oh, neurological and heart issues because of the vaccine. And then the next headline, you guess what that was? Donald Trump pushed through this warp speed vaccine. I'm like, <laughs> it's wait, on him. Right. It's on him. It's not on Joey and the fuckers that for three years were like, you can't be in the army unless you take this. Yeah. You can't have your job. You can't go back to the office unless you sure. take this. We're going to force you to take this. No. no. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. It's like, how do you? I mean, it's just, it is. It's just absolutely insane. But you see wh- how far they will go that it's now going to be Trump's fault. It's like, well, okay, he started sure. the ball. But let's remember when uh, right before the election, it was Joey. It was, uh, I think it was the one from, what's her name, from Hawaii to uh, the, the politician. Tulsi? Yes, Tulsi. There were a bunch, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe some uh, celebritards as well that were like, I will not take this vaccine that Donald Trump is blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kamala said she was no way, no, no way she would take Trump's vaccine, but then she did. Uh-huh. And they loved <laughs> yeah. it for three years. And now yeah. they're going to try like, well, all of these vaccine problems are because of Trump. No, they're of not. Course. Of course. Yeah. They're not. They're because people made a decision. Yeah. But no, that's not good enough. Not good enough. Now, I have a clip. Just again, you were talking about how bad the media is. And this guy, I brought to him once before, Brian Tyler Cohen. He has a YouTube channel, two and a half million followers, which is not a small Mm. number. No. I think he was tagged with MSNBC, that he's an MSNBC contributor. And uh, he is uh, going after Donald Trump because. We all know that the right was getting some traction with the Biden mental problems, the Biden dementia. And it's amazing how many of these are going against Donald Trump now. But this, I thought, was extra special delicious. Okay. But when I say that Obama is the president of our country, they go, he doesn't know that's Biden. He doesn't know. So it's very hard to be sarcastic when I interpose because I'm not a Nikki fan and I'm not a Pelosi fan. And when I purposely interpose names, they said he didn't know Pelosi from Nikki, from Tricky Nikki, Tricky Nikki. He didn't know I interposed. I know this is a great. <laughs> I mean, great. I don't I'm know. This. this guy's like a stand up. He can do stand up. He absolutely is. Yeah. Keeps the crowd engaged. Mm-hmm. But the kicker is coming. Hey, Dickie. He didn't know I interposed and they make a big deal out of it. I said, no, no, I think they both stink. They have something in common. They both stink. And remember <laughs> this. When I make a statement like that about Nikki, that means she will never be running for vice president. She will never be running for vice president. 
remember that. Another mm. day, another instance of Donald Trump, who's busy broadcasting that his opponent is senile, broadcasting to the world that his brain may or may not be leaking out of his skull. Now, first of all, let me just say this at the top. I don't know what word Donald Trump thinks he's using, but interpose ain't it. Just a general rule of thumb. If you're going to lecture people for apparently not being smart enough to keep up with you and your big brain, maybe make sure you're not using words that don't even make sense. Just, you know, for starters. Now, the problem with that is it's exactly the right fucking word. It's totally correct. Totally correct word. I didn't say anything wrong with that. I'm like, what the fuck? I, he's a fucking moron yeah what's his name brian his, his name uh, is brian his name is brian fucking moron it should be yeah. brian tyler cohen uh lehigh university i looked it up because i wanted to know where the fuck he went to school yeah because he doesn't know what interpose means and i guess he doesn't right. have the fucking internet to look up the word no he's too he's too self-assured that he knows everything but he doesn't know his actual own name if you're gonna do a triple barrel name that's his new name brian fucking moron I mean, I even went to chat GPT, not even the current one. I went to chat GPT five and I said, uh, what does it mean to interpose names? And it says interposing names typically refers to the act of inserting or submitting one name for another in a conversation, text or other communication. Well, hey, okay. Bing, yeah. this fucker couldn't even go and look it up. And then he's going after like, ha ha, you, before you start going after somebody else and saying they're stupid, ha, ha, you should know what words you're using. Ha ha ha. And this fucker's doing the same thing. I mean, this is the, the problem is the two and a half million fucktards that must subscribe to this guy. Exactly. Are going, oh, well, Donald Trump's dumb. He didn't know what a word meant. I don't know what this interposing is. I mean, wasn't the idea of having these phones and these computers and these AIs so we could look all this shit up? Yeah. Is it that hard? When you've got a degree from uh, Lehigh, isn't that a milk company? <laughs> then, uh, yeah, you know everything. Two and a half million people subscribing, <laughs> though, which means he's making a lot of money to be a dumb fuck. Yeah. So We're not making any money. We should be dumb fucks. Why aren't we dumb fucks? Dumb fucks right, get paid a lot better. It, see, it would appear so, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Mm. I mean, that just blew my mind because I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's the right word, isn't it? Yeah. And I looked it up I'm like, wait, did he mean juxtapose? No, that means a little something. No, to, and, little uh, different. you know, which is why I wanted to make sure. And for that particular use, I'm like, ask the old chat bot. They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Say, I just don't understand how you literally are making fun of somebody's mental acuity for not using a word right. And then you're the one that doesn't know what the word means. I just, yeah. but this is what media is today typical this is typical this is the norm morons bloviating as if they know something which is why you cannot trust getting the news from almost any source out there and this is why you always have other to do than it. this show all right this show you, we, no agenda no That's agenda it. you would still i mean still do your own homework no matter what yeah. if you're like wait i think these guys are wrong well then try to prove mm-hmm. it wrong because then you can have some content and write in yes but there's and if we're just, not sure, we'll always say, we don't know. We're not sure. We don't yes. speak ex cathedra like that. Yeah, well, there's no reason to. No. But it's hilarious when you're intentionally spreading propaganda and then at least go and get a misquote and take something out of context. You know, that I get. Mm-hmm. But when you're like, 
this is the word and he used the word over and over again and he'd be like oh i don't know if he thinks he's i don't that ain't, it ain't it it's like but it is it is it, it, it <laughs> like should we point out to the fact that you're using ain't as a uh <laughs> mr i know how to speak my words and i mean hey again i'm the inauguration guy so i do not want to throw stones yeah it's a slip of the tongue big difference big big difference every now and then yeah i'm not like you have no idea what that word means sir no, no. it's it would be hilarious if it wasn't so sad yeah but this is why people that are just following late night talk shows and social media to get their news this is why they miss just so much sure well none of this could have got this this nation would not have uh sunk to the depths where it now resides we're not so dumbed down and it's so true you know um we went through this a, a couple of weeks ago with somebody said that uh who the hell was it was it scott or somebody said that uh you know the, the people weren't as smart in the 1950s and i said oh, right no, no, they were much smarter than no way more aware of what was going on yeah yeah the phones have sucked out so much intelligence yes i mean because one it would make it way easier to cheat in school i mean if i had these devices in school and they let you keep your phone anywhere near anya yeah more than more of these things now are like well it's just an open book test oh yeah i used to go where there was a saloon uh near my house and my wife and i sometimes would go over there and play on trivia night and it was they'd say the guy that hosted it would say now but remember we're all we're all sportsmen and ladies and gentlemen here so let's please you know keep those iphones in your back pocket or your purse you know and sure as shit you'd look around there'd be three or four fucking assholes looking up the answers on their phone it was fucking incredible just assholes right it's not hard to look stuff up online the only thing that's good about the ai's now there's going to be so much misinformation online and so much incorrect information that you won't be able to trust anything, which I want to know what that does to the human psyche as a whole, this concept. And I've been warning about it for a long time. Well, I'm hoping some evil genius like super Ben out there, super figuring figuring I think he fits that, uh, that bill, the evil character can save the world by figuring a way to rat fuck ai so that everything it says is wrong and stupid <laughs> is, it, is that possible i'm I'd sure like see that it's like they'll all the ais will get together and fight each yeah. other yeah <laughs> when you can't d- agree on simple facts that is uh no no this word means this no it doesn't and then they just go back and forth and fight the whole day long yeah until they explode like a bad tesla battery oh yeah you don't want that you do not want that. Now you got a Scott clip. It's we haven't gotten Scott in yet today. I do, and it's it's right in keeping. It's right in the groove in the pocket with what's going on. So yes, with the Donald Trump yes legal troubles yes, and it's I'll, I'll give a little preamble to this because I hate I hate interrupting Scott because he's he's an artiste. Um, he's you know it's it's less lesson time, school time with Uncle Scotty. And, you know, he uses uh, AV stuff. And since he's such a great artist, it's always his own work on an easel. And he flips the, uh, the page back on the, uh, the, the pad on the easel. And, and there's three drawings there. There's an American flag, which he points to when he says America, right? There's a very good rendering of the Donald, right? And then he has what he calls, I think, the three-headed douchebag mo- monster. <laughs> and what it kind of looks like, if you could, if you could imagine a, a, a fat, pregnant Grinch 
with huge pendulous tits. And then there's three heads and the heads are, I think they're Hokel and Judge Engoron and Letitia. Yes. So now you have all the visuals you need to hear Scott say what he has to say. It's learning time. It's learning time. It's learning time with Uncle Scotty. Hey, boys and girls. Welcome back to another lesson with Uncle Scotty. Today's lesson is about reality. Spell it along with me, kids. R-E-A-L-I-T-Y. Reality. Shall we? <clears throat> Here we have three images. One of the great Donald Trump. One of America. And this one, what I like to call the green douchebag monster. If you see the three ugly heads on this douchebag monster, we have over here Fanny Wilson. You know that fucking slob who is just trying desperately to destroy this man because she hates America. Fortunately for us, folks, she's eating a big fat bowl of fucking karma right now. This douchebag over here, this is Judge Egregon. Egg fucking Aragami, whatever the fuck his name is. You know, the guy that looks like the old grandpa in the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. You know, the guy that has the sleeping cap and he sleeps in bed all fucking day in his own piss and shit. He just ordered him to pay $360 million for some bullshit. Unethically, illegally, unconstitutionally, because he hates him so much. Why? Because he hates America. And of course, we have this fucking slob, Letitia James, the whole fucking crew here in the douchebag monster. Now, they're trying everything possible to make this man broke and to make him go away for a long time. But the reality is they can take every single penny from this good man. They could put this good man behind bars. But the reality is this son of a gun is going to be the next president of the United fucking States, folks. That's reality. Tune in next week. <laughs> there you go. Peak Scott, huh? Well, and you're uh, seeing, I mean, the Fannie Willis thing. Yes. For those not following along, which I don't know yes. how you're missing out on the, the story of, oh, all of a sudden, the people that were really going after Donald Trump are doing corrupt. Some, yeah, very corrupt. The guy that she hired to go after him she was married or is married now in a divorce because he was sleeping with fanny or fanny o'reilly always fanny. just says uh fanny and which i think is I, say, funny. I refuse to call her funny fanny <laughs> fanny the bigger story that i don't see in a lot of places that o'reilly has had which is the nathan james dude that she was paying to do this was at the white house multiple times for multiple hours yes and the question then becomes, if this is a little state beef against Donald Trump. If this is being coordinated at all with the White House, that is a huge story. Right. There you go. Sure. I mean, that nothing screams politically motivated more than sure. the guy that's going after him in Georgia is showing up at the White House for hours. Why? Yeah. And she paid him in cash. Who the fuck does that in business or government in this day and age? That isn't nobody. It's like, you know, deputies who are hunting Jesse James. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? He paid you in cash. Fuck off. I mean, I get having cash in your home if you have it and you of have course. a safe. Of course. But yeah, you don't make the big payments like, oh, 
Yeah, I no. got that. I got that twenty thousand large. I got that twenty large for you, Larry. Deal. You want cash? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing says criminal dealings like paying in cash. Yeah. There should be a paper trail, shouldn't there? If it's the government that's paying for this. Exactly. Well, that's the whole thing. Yes, of course. Not just that's just that. Where's the multiple bids from this guy? I once had a business deal and I had to uh, pitch the fucking government and there was like assholes crawling all over the place. You know, other bidders. They, they grab anybody, some fucking wino in the street. Hey, you want to bid this job? Right. That's how it works. Right. Where the fuck were his, where his competitors? And I want to know where these vacations were that uh, that the guy that she was paying and heard went on the you know dime mm. that she was paying him. I mean, oh, I'm sure they yeah. were doing research. Oh yeah, sure they were doing research. But now uh, we know. Well, let's let's pull Keith out because he's right in this pocket as well. Good. It's a double dose of Keith. Mm. On the Wednesday Countdown podcast, already they are calling it the Biden age plot. And Democrats better start fast in an investigation of it in the Senate. Did the disgraced special counsel, Robert Hur? And when did a Robert Hur become disgraced? When did that happen? I, I don't recall that. Was uh, he caught in some uh, compromising position or embezzling? What, 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 to what is uh, Keith the Queef referring? Here? Well, because he said Biden's mind wasn't there. So obviously oh, he's now been disgraced. disgraced. Anybody oh, you disagree okay. with, you can just put disgraced. disgraced before their name. Gotcha. Right. And you notice why he's like, this has to go for, in, into the Senate. Well, this is because you know that everything is so corrupt that the House is only Republican. The Senate is Democrat, which is why I was having a conversation with somebody over on the Fediverse because I'm like the whole Mayorkas impeachment. I mean, I get it. I get the concept. I get that they're trying to make a statement. But I also understand that this is going absolutely nowhere. Of course. In the Senate. So when does it become just a waste of time? And the person on the other side was like, well, I think this is a good use of time and funds because it gets the word out. And I'm like, I, I don't agree. It's just, it's a complete waste of time. Like everything that they did to Donald Trump, even though I will say there's a lot more evidence against Mayorkas not doing his job than anything they've ever had against Donald Trump. Yeah. But you also know that it's going nowhere. Yeah. So what's the point? Well, I could see the point if it was Joey, right? Yes. Although at this as, at this stage of the the game, I'm I'm more certain than ever that he will not be the guy in November. They're gonna they're gonna switch him out, probably with Newsom. So really if they want to start impeaching somebody, find a way to go after Newsom, because that's gonna be their candidate. So Mayorkas, who gives a fuck about him? When Joey goes away, so does he. He's right. just going to be a footnote under this whole, you know, to this whole age. The guy's basically, he's a nothing. Well, and as, um, as bad as Mayorkas is, if he, you know, goes through any of these legal proceedings and just points the finger and says, I was just taking my orders from above. I was, Biden told me, I believe yeah. that a hundred percent. So the guy is nothing but a patsy, you know, who is, a straw man waiting to be blown over, but you all know it's Biden. Mm -hmm. So you're correct. I understand if they would have gone after and be like, ha ha, we'll impeach Biden. But then you understand this could also backfire. Cause they'll be like, well, you're just impeaching Biden because they impeach Trump. And at some point the That's, impeachments never stop. Well, they never will. And, and, and they should, um, but it's almost a waste now, because like I said, I think it's almost fait accompli that, that Joey's going to be out of the running. 
that's the way I feel. But still, they should they should have started and preach impeachment proceedings against Joey on day one of his term. Okay, and then impeached him multiple times again for the benefit of the mouth breathers. Not that I think he he, he would skate. I mean, he I I think he's a fucking crook. Um, but just to at least to, to it's just oh, listen to the sound bites. All you hear about Trump from the left is twice impeached, ninety one felony charges. That's all they need, and they keep hammering that home again. Now they're going to add to it, you know, almost half a billion in in judges for you know misogynistic activities, right? Whatever the all the lies they throw. You gotta you gotta turn on that lie. You know, I always think of the, those those fucking delicious French farmers spraying the government buildings with shit. <laughs> okay, those guys have the right idea. You know, they need to spray the left with shit, and it, who cares if it's true or not? Just fucking spray them, make them stink. Yes. And that's exactly what politics has turned into. We don't expect yeah. anything different. No, the, the age of, of reason, decision making, um, it, it's over. America's become too fucking stupid for that. So now you have to just talk to the mouth breathers on their own level and spray somebody with shit. And uh, O'Reilly did a nice breakdown because it was his district, the whole George Santos thing. So he was following yeah, yeah. this closer than most. He had both oh, yeah. candidates on his show for 15 minutes or so a piece, which I thought was shows. They both have some balls. Yeah. And he showed in that final week, the ads that were running. And I don't even know how much the candidates are involved in this and how much the packs are, but he's like, he showed both the ads and he's like, they're both just filled with lies. There's yeah. nothing that is real anymore. No. It's like, you can say any damn thing you want. Yeah. You don't have to be able to back it up and nobody cares because we don't have a media that which used to hold people's feet to the fire probably just a few decades ago, mm-hmm. where if you lied in a campaign ad, it would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, hey, they sank Joey's first presidential run in 88 and all three networks did it, man. They said they had the, they had the receipts, as they say, of him lying about his uh, bogus uh, uh, collegiate de- degrees and his his. his uh, a lot of plagiarism and yeah his plagiarism all the shit and they just there's a fantastic i think connie chung did probably the best one it ran on for about five or six minutes and it just fucking destroyed him he was done he was toast nobody remembers nobody remembers where is connie chung we need connie chung connie come back we need you coordinate in advance collude in advance with republicans in the house to include his irrelevant and guesswork comments about the president's memory and acuity in his report on the missing documents. If so, there is a huge scandal in the Biden age plot, and it is not about Joe Biden. So, uh, what the fuck does do? What did he even just say? Can, can does anybody interpret know? That for me, Darren, I have no idea what the fuck he just said. They're all just going against. He wants to know now if this special prosecutor that decided that yes joey took classified information when he was vice president i don't know if there was anything from the presidential years but at least the vice presidential years that he illegally took them shouldn't have had them but then after interviewing joey decided that he was not mentally competent enough to be convicted so again this is kind of like the impeachment thing why are we going to go and try to put this guy on trial if it's only going to be not guilty because of old although then how do you run for president again if it's 
you're not guilty because you don't know what day it is or when your when your son died and all these other bits of uh, information. Sure, but what Keith the Queef uh, fails to mention is that Joey approved of and endorsed this special right. prosecutor counsel, who then turned around and it was and great depicted him as the fucking supreme idiot he is. You know, if Joey, <laughs> Joey doesn't like him so much, if Joey's brain was still there, he would uh, have the same mentality that uh, nascar champion joey logano had after getting wrecked out of yesterday's daytona 500 when asked on his uh, take for of the race he said it was great until it sucked (laughs) see i want to have a beer with joey logano but not with joey biden right exactly until it sucked that's good it was great until it's New York. That's very, very New York attitude. I mean, that's how it goes. It's like everything's great yeah. until it's not. Yeah. Now, Mika also wanted to get her little bit in oh, on uh, Mika. on Joey. She's very theatric. Very oh, theatric. Come a little closer. I'll tell you a secret. Joe. Bob- I mean, this is one. This is very creepy. And I, I boosted the levels and all this because she was doing the. She was whispering. Yeah. Yeah, you know what she's doing? She's aping. There was a very popular ad game campaign back in the, I think, like the mid to late 80s for some fucking perfume. I don't know what it was. And of course, they had like, you know, Adriana Lima caliber models doing the ads, just you know, mesmerizing beautiful chicks. And sort of the, the whole thing was some gorgeous babe would be nose to nose with the camera lens and go, if you want to capture someone's attention, whisper. So that's what the fuck Mika is doing. She's dredging that stupid shit up, but nobody, nobody wants her to whisper in the rear or watch her while she does. Everybody's running in the other direction. Exactly. Yeah. Come a little closer. I'll tell you a secret. No. Joe Biden has a stutter. And you know what? When he's pissed off, sometimes that stutter gets worse. And yeah, he he walks carefully. Call the cops. Somebody call the cops. It's a crime. The Republicans and bullies on Fox News say he can't even finish a sentence. He's so freaking old. Sometimes he seems, I don't know, what's the word? Um, ah, gosh, I'm grasping. I'm so old. I, I'm grasping for it. Successful, wise, accomplished. <laughs> uh-huh. think you're thinking that she's talking about Joe Biden. She's on acid. maybe something even better than that 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 stutter thing is a complete fucking fabrication you can go back to the very beginning of his political career there's fucking hours and hours of recorded video of that guy he never had maybe had a stutter when he was two (laughs) yes but as a as a mid-30s politician sleazebag politician he never fucking stuttered once it's bullshit successful wise accomplished and yes this ain't his first rodeo in fact he may be the most accomplished president of the modern age (laughs) most this is this is allegedly a journalist or at least the very least a talking head from msnbc it's like you have no perspective whatsoever it's like the bias is just dripping if you think that joey biden has been one of the best presidents we've had in the modern age 
Well, if his intent is to destroy the country, then he has accomplished his goal. It's pretty much done. Well, yeah, if you buy into the fact that maybe he's going along those socialist lines. I think he is. That this is exactly what he's trying to do. Yeah. Then maybe that's it. And maybe that's why these folks think that he's doing such a good job. Mm. Now, we got the other half. I mean, I wasn't sure I would play this one, but we got the other half of Mika. We got Joe. Oh, but Joe, the other Joe. Who wants to prove to you that Joey is not a socialist, and here's why. Oh, boy. Want to know how Biden's doing? Look at your 401k. If you're one of these rich. (laughs) Uh Yeah, just let that breathe for a minute. Yeah. You want to know how he's doing? Just look at your 401k. And I was thinking about this. Because, I mean, maybe people that have a lot of stocks they have a lot more money but mm-hmm. your spending power has also gone down so if you're the average family who's got a 401k oh okay what if i doubled my 401k but everything that i'm buying is also doubled and and joey fucktard i would i'm just gonna come up with a hip shot number here but i bet it's not too far off i would bet you that fewer than 35 percent of americans have a 401k all right most of them live paycheck to paycheck so fucking get in a fucking game scarborough you know jack shit so it's only what's what scarborough scarborough is then saying because i think you're correct that a majority of people do not have retirement savings way too much way too many don't have any at all no what he is saying about joe biden being a successful president then is hey he's helping the rich folk yeah i didn't think that that's what they wanted these lefties but maybe i'm wrong and if you're one of these rich country club types like you right rich the rich those damn rich country club people those damn successful people larry like kevin Mm. o'leary although he's canadian who've worked really hard for their money no those damn people you know what they drive they drive your ferrari or your maserati uh, to, to, to your country club and bitch about how horrible the economy is our maserati still a big thing they you know what i don't know they remember they they, they, they i i can't believe the sopranos is uh 25 years old i know and i remember an episode with uh one of tony's uh lieutenants or competitors whatever very nasty johnny Sachs was the guy's name and Johnny had just bought a new uh, Maserati, you know, and, and Tony said, what'd you pay for that? And, and Johnny said, 95. So that, so that car was 95 grand a quarter century ago. They're probably two, a quarter million by now, I would think at least. But I never thought they were, they never had that much appeal. You know, they just sort of looked like everything else. But what do I know? Well, uh, the only so. the reason they're famous to me is still the Joe Walsh song oh yeah it does 195 or 185 <laughs> that was it yeah definitely and, and they're very cool logo the same logo as goldfinger uh, not uh, uh thunderball's ring was that uh king king neptune trident thing very good logo for a maserati you yeah. know but that's where he goes for rich people now ferraris and maseratis yeah yeah hmm. Hmm. look at your your stock app and see how much money you're making every hour do you really make that much money every hour? I mean, no, I'd like, I guess he's got a good, uh, good broker there, Scarborough, making money by the hour. Must be good for him. 
because there's yeah. not a crazy lunatic in the White House. There's somebody who actually respects the rule of law. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joey respects the rule of law. Dude, there are paper trails of all the money that his derelict kid brought in and then passed on to him. Yeah. There was not a, probably a lot of coverage over the last week of the Bobolinsky who came in. No, ex- no coverage. None. He came in and said, uh, no, I always understood that the, you know, the big guy that was, uh, that was Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the whole Biden, uh, you know, enterprise. It's all mm-hmm. about selling the access yeah. to Joe Biden. That's everything. The guy that worked yeah. directly with Hunter said that. Mm-hmm. No, but no, Scarbo's like, no, no, he, uh, Joe, Joe Biden respects the rule of law. Totally upstanding family, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. There's actually somebody who respects American democracy. And yes, <laughs> respects American God, democracy. The D word. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so t- they're so tiresome. Does this guy have any fucking idea how catastrophically boring he is? Well, it's the MSNBC audience. They want to hear, God. I guess, how great Joey is. I mean, holy shit. There's actually somebody that respects American capitalism and what keeps it stable. So Joey's the one, not Donald Trump, that appreciates American capitalism and what keeps it stable. I'm glad we got that out of yeah, the way. Yeah, 11 million uh, criminal aliens. That'll keep it stable. Look what it's done for New York. It's I know. It's going. Yeah. That's why it's a loser city. It's a loser yeah. state. But these freaks, I'm not exactly sure what they think they're going to get from Donald Trump, but they're going to get none of that. So, so now the people that vote for Donald Trump are freaks. They're freaks. Even under there was four years of peace and prosperity with the Donald. Those yeah. freaks, man. They like peace and freaks. prosperity. How dare those well, freaks? Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand the name calling. Again, this is obviously a mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. Him oh, and yeah. Mika. God, sure. sure. And it's like, so you're calling the people, you know, it's not just the going after anybody as even an extremist, just anybody that feels like Donald Trump. Was, freak. was good for the economy or anything just a freak i don't even know what these freaks are thinking just look right in front of you at right now when trying to figure out uh, michael whether he's up to the job or not your 401k suggests he is yeah so that's the end all i guess is the 401k who's, michael? who's a michael he's talking to uh, i'm not sure we don't know wrap apart maybe no because he would have been like no nah, let me tell you this guy's out of it <laughs> He'd be like, no, that's no, not new way. It's like, but yeah, we were gonna, we're gonna pretend that Joey's good for democracy or you know mm. the republic that we so have, or for capitalism. Even though we're starting to see him pull back, this is interesting. Within that last year, you know, going into the next election, that oh, we're gonna start pulling back some of these green things. Oh, we're gonna start producing more gasoline. We're gonna start doing everything we can to try to undo enough the crap that we did it's it's just sure. hilarious when the problems we'll put that in air quotes that they're fixing are the problems that they themselves caused oh sure well but it's the, the marxist uh, dialectic right uh, something synthesis whatever the fuck you know could cause a problem fix the problem you know, it's, it's and then you're good. the hero and then you're the hero yeah, yeah. now you've got nugent on yelling is that uncle ted it's Uncle Ted. His, I know you dig him. Um, I don't know. If he, I bet he's a NASCAR fan too, like like Scott. 
But um, he, you know, this um, this uh, weird uh, a goblin uh, who runs our treasury, Janet Yellen. <clears throat> um, you know, she's uh, they're they're directed to uh, to investigate to flag people's uh, credit card transactions who might have purchased something from in the, in the realm of a gun or ammo. Right. And then it's been broadened so much. I, I was, I didn't know this. I was like, what the fuck? My jaw, jaw dropped. Um, basically, if you buy something from a Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, you're also on some kind of a list. Well, yeah, because you so, might be a right wing nut job if you're shopping at one of those places. Right. Why would you be there? They don't sell Kumbaya canoes, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so 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 this uh, Dana Perino, I think it is. She's doing and she's she, and she's talking about this, and she has uh, and she's a great clip of some some woman um, following Yellen through the halls of power down there in D.C. and firing questions at her, and and the the, the goblin she's she must be about three feet tall. The goblin says, "I'm not taking questions." Isn't that typical? Sounds like Joey. I don't have to talk to you. I don't work for you. I'm a fucking elitist. I'm not taking questions from you. Yeah, like Joey. And then she says, mind-blowingly, she goes, but I'll take pictures. And she (laughs) She turns around, she starts posing with somebody and cheesing it up for the camera. I mean, the fucking arrogance of these people, um, of that bag, it's mind-blowing. And then to get a reaction on this, uh, Dana queries uncle ted on biden's treasury department for allegedly putting a target on the backs of MAGA republicans and tracking sensitive banking information as part of its investigation into january 6 terms like trump MAGA, and even bass pro shops were reportedly flagged to the federal government rock musician and lifelong outdoorsman ted nugent joins me now and ted before i get your take i just want to show everybody again how secretary yellen ignored hillary vaughn's questions Secretary Yellen, this is an issue that Americans are worried about. They think that they are being targeted because of who they voted for or what their religion is or where they shop. What do you have to say to Americans? Say I'm not taking questions. Will you take a picture? Wow. Secretary Yellen, can you at least have any words of assurance to Americans who are worried about them? Teachers, you Let's do it. So she won't answer questions. She will take a picture. Um, And this went on for a few days this week. And I'm just curious what you're hearing from other gun owners of America and their concerns about what's happening or not at Treasury. Well, you know, jackbooted thuggery can come in the forms of high tech and that these uh, oath violators continue to turn uh, this once great country into a, an evil empire. I mean, she's just a, a bad, bad infringer. That What they're doing, Dana, they are violating their constitutional oath. I've taken that constitutional oath for 39 years as a sheriff deputy, and I know good over evil. I'm just a guitar player. But for the author of Wango Tango to have to actually describe what what infringement means this is just a terrible terrible time they are engineering recidivism they are not charging gun crimes to gun violators on film they're they're recreating violent crime in these sanctuary cities and the left and the democrats this is really really a heartbreaking time and uh the gun owners of america the national rifle association all my friends my family my band my crew everybody in my life knows that self-defense is a right from God. I, we get to keep and bear arms. Keep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. That is, uh, again, 
the problem with the sanctuary city, Chicago. And it's a no gun zone. Um, there are a few, I think a few got in somehow, yeah. but they don't want <laughs> to prosecute the crime. And there's a lot of logic that I just don't understand because the people that will tell you that gun crime is causing huge problems and we have to get rid of all guns. And when you say, well, that's never going to happen for two main reasons. One, the constitution, which they want to forget. And two, yes. there's already more guns, I think, in the country than people or very, yes, clo- very close to that number. So you can't magically make them go away. When you then suggest that what you really want to do is you want to take the people that use the guns to commit illegal acts and put them away for a very long time. Well, they don't want to do that. No. So it makes zero sense. It's, I mean, it's a, any idiot. Well, except for all of these idiots, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you were like, well, what would you do if you were in charge? I'd be like, well, I would take the people that are committing the crimes and I would put them in jail. Now, the problem will eventually be that because so many crimes are being committed that you will not have enough space to put them in, which is kind of like the migrants coming across the uh, what's it? Uh, criminal migrants. No, coming, no, criminal aliens, criminal aliens coming in yes. where they have no place to be housed. It's the same kind of a thing. Well, what do we do with them then? Yeah. When you have more criminals than you have jail cells. Then I don't know. Maybe can we export them to other countries? I mean, a lot of countries are sending people here. Let's send some back. Yeah. I mean, can't we just put them in an airplane and like bring them to Australia or something? And be like, what? you're never coming back. You know what? I have the solution. Oh, is it? <laughs> I have it. Just came. Just came to me as you're talking. Um, you know, just load up one uh, C-47 transport after another with these guys. Send their asses to Ukraine. There is a man shortage in Ukraine. Like they've all been blown away by the russian army so it's like there's chicks and kids in ukraine that's it they need they need able-bodied men that's where to send them yeah i saw phipps in the um, troll room earlier today talking about ukraine wants their uh, refugees back so they could yeah turn them into fighters i guess or something have somebody run the fucking trains or whatever clean the streets i mean holy shit now let's remember a lot of those refugees when the big bad russia came in and started committing war they went to russia yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like what that doesn't make any sense yeah. yeah doesn't make any sense at all no 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 but uh we have another pac-man clip just because i mean oh boy we're this again talking about the uh, trump decline cognitive decline this uh, just like the of course yeah. just like the other um brian moron cohen or whatever you called him brian fucking moron yeah this is uh, right down the same level. Donald Trump is still holding rallies despite all the legal troubles and forthcoming criminal trials. And the rallies are only indicative of continued further decline. What does that mean? What does that mean? The rallies are only further indicative of uh, further decline. Like, I mean, you're saying that he's showing decline, but the, that wouldn't be the rally. You could be like his behavior or his appearance or his performance would be indicative of a decline but i don't know how the rallies themselves yeah what's a little confused i mean again words mean things so he doesn't know what he's saying he's he doesn't know what he's saying and his listeners would not pick up on that it's just because they just hear basically white noise of orange man bad right Right, 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 trump bad yeah barking dogs yeah 
The latest rally was last night in North Charleston, South Carolina, South Carolina's Republican primary, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Trump poised to win and defeat Nikki Haley, even in her home state. Trump starting off the rally with overt, provable lies, looking disoriented the entire rally, appearing agitated and confused at different times. Here, Trump claims I mean, there has never it's been just an like so untrue every. And OK, if he has a lot of provable lies, go down the line and show us that how they Charles were. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds like he's reading Keith's script. Yeah, I think so. I think they maybe right? get the same uh, key talking points every morning. Yeah. At any of his rallies, despite the fact that at many rallies, they seem half empty and often empty out while Trump is talking. I've never had an empty seat, right? This place is back the rope back. I never get credit for being a great speaker. I don't know if I'm a great speaker or not. Who the hell knows? I never get credit. What? I never get credit. I don't know. Henry thinks I'm a very good speaker. But, you know, no, every rally like this one turns out they're all rallies, because if we have a thousand people, 10,000 people show up, they're all rallies. But they come by the thousands. We never have empty seats. We never have anything empty. We usually have to put screens like this outside so people can see we did it in Nevada. Obviously, this is a lie. There are regularly endless empty seats and this they're endless empty seats, endless. Larry. Is he showing any of them? No. In his uh, YouTube video? No, no, but they're endless. They're, they, they're, they're, they're endless. endless empty seats. Yes. yes. Like, um, no. And this is what they tried to do uh, when Trump did, I think it was three different uh, in-person shows with O'Reilly, Florida, Texas, and somewhere else. And they were doing the basketball arenas, you know, the 20,000 seats or so arenas. So there were, I mean, the way it was uh, configured, of course, there's always some empty seats because they're the seats that aren't facing the stage or the behind the stage or whatnot. But they tried to pull the same thing with the, oh, it, the place was half empty. And this was one of the Florida papers and they ran the image. So O'Reilly showed the actual crowd. He's like, well, what they did was they snuck in long before the show was starting and took the photo and then ran with that. Of course. It's like, that's just, it, that is provable as a lie right there that this was, right. people aren't showing up. It's like, no. And I, I don't understand. Trump always looks the same. So if, if he was looking like disheveled and confused, he's always looked disheveled and confused. I think he just looks like Trump. That's just, they'll say anything. And you, and you listen to him speak. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I understand what he's saying. And I don't think he's uh, losing his mind. Sounds lucid to me. Uh-huh. This only led to Trump then fixating on Joe Biden, pointing out that in a- Well, you mean because he's running against him for president. Maybe that's why he's fixated on yeah, Joe Biden. Like, just, you, don't, you don't think everybody yeah. in the fucking Democratic Party at this point is fixated on Donald Trump? No, Pack fuck? Come about, on. No, you should talk about, I don't know, David Copperfield or somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Television appearance. Joe Biden's eyes were round, which, based on my understanding of Joe Biden's race, isn't that normal? Wouldn't you expect his eyes to be round? I don't understand. We get it. Now, this seems to me like this is maybe an anti-Asian thing with this guy. What is this about? And yeah. And you know, I don't know. I've never seen anyone whose eyes are really round other than Adam Schiff. 
Right. Oh, so yeah. Jacked up on so many <laughs> fucking psychotropic drugs. I'm surprised he doesn't vault playing around the ceiling. Okay. That's the only per- human being I've ever seen with really round eyes. Those and like some of those cartoon characters, you know, but real live human beings. No, no. It's like their eyes are just open really, really, really wide. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Congress ought to impeach crooked Joe Biden for attacking his political opponent by weaponizing the DOJ, the FBI, and even the local DAs and attorney generals. Oh, and, and by the way, sorry, this is the clip. The first he starts with they should impeach Biden right away. Then we'll get to the round eyes thing against his political opponent. But you notice he doesn't make any comment about the way that they have used the uh, Justice Department and all these other things to go against Donald Trump for political reasons, huh? They ought to impeach him because that is the most undemocratic thing that you can do. This happens in demanding the immediate impeachment of President Joe Biden and then going into the his eyes are round material. They are. Do you see this guy on television today? Yeah. I mean, he's he's like a crazed lunatic. (laughs) Round eyes. The eyes are all round as hell. But I know he didn't have any plastic surgery. I know. Anybody know? <laughs> so they're, right, they're making he's making the point that he had plastic surgery or something. Sure. And my favorite oh, is God. then the uh, Pac-Man. Oh, what are they even saying? Look, I can't. I don't understand. But I know he didn't have any plastic surgery. I know. Anybody know what Trump is talking about? And yeah, I do. Trump's I know exactly reaction. what he's talking about. I know. Exactly. A lot of people do. <laughs> But he's yeah. like, nobody in his audience, I guess. I mean, oh, don't he's, he's a decent man. He's a decent man. He's mm. just an old grandpa. Come on. Yeah. And to Joe Biden's eyes is because Trump's eyes are noticed, especially the right one, are almost completely swollen shut during these rallies. They're just almost completely closed. I don't know what the obsession is with Biden's eyes, but probably projection on some level. You don't know why he's talking about his eyes, but now you're saying that, yeah, did you ever notice uh, Trump's eyes are always really swollen? Like, no, I have not noticed that. No, I'll have to go back and check the the video because I I never really did, uh, never really did notice that. And Mm. I get it. The round eyes thing being, well, the whole like, well, according to his race, he should have round eyes. Like, dude, that's like such a racist thing to say. This is true. And then to be like, well, okay, when he makes the comment Trump about plastic surgery, then you know what he's referring to. So even if you don't agree with it, that Mm -hmm. Biden hasn't had any uh, work, you at least know where the comment's coming from. So then to pretend like you don't, you know, idiots. (laughs) Now, you've got one last clip here on when they call you misogynist. What is what is this? Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Um, First, I'm going to apologize for whatever, you know. Pinhead decided to layer it with some musical bed that <laughs> bugs me do. as much as that bugs me as much as it bugs Adam and you apparently as well. I hate that. It's no so unnecessary, but and I don't have your uh, your Ben skills to extract that, so I'll say sorry about that. But still, you can you can understand what they're saying, and and it's, it's some dude on the street, uh, and it, it, or maybe it's in a mall. Like, I'm not sure. It might be in front of a store in a covered mall. I don't know. Whatever. There's a lot of people around. Several dozen. And some chick accosts him and says what she says about why are you anti-abortion and a misogynist and so forth. And this guy has a pretty, he's got a pretty snappy reply for her. So this, this clip is labeled what to do when they call you or what to say when they call you a misogynist. 
Be an issue why you're against abortion and why you're against transgenderism is because you're a misogynist, okay? First of all, I'm Wait, so to be against abortion and transgenderism, that makes you misogynist. Yes, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the other, the other mystery is why it's, it's, a, it's some type of weirdo, like, uh, low-rent cover of, uh, of Sweet Dreams by the Arrhythmics, why they chose that <laughs> track. Maybe you can figure it out, Darren. You're the, you're the DJ. It guy. might be the uh, Marilyn Manson version. He did one, maybe, which was yeah, very yeah, creepy you know. sounding. Okay. Okay. First of all, I'm not a misogynist because a misogynist is someone that puts down women. I exalt women to their rightful role. Women are supposed to be women, not men. And every time somebody says that a woman is equal to a man and does what a man could do, and you're actually abusing and, and, and denigrating women. Women have a unique purpose and they're special. They're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I support women. So I'm not a misogynist. I don't put down, you're putting down women by saying women can be men. You're putting down women by saying transgenders can be women. No, they can never be women. Women are special, and no man can just convert and say I'm a woman today. You're putting down women by saying that. So you're actually anti-woman. I'm pro-woman. Yeah. I mean, I hope that was uh, understandable, because... Uh, yeah. Not only do they mix in the music, but they mix the music bed in way too hot. Oh, yeah. But this is it. When people want to go, why are you so misogynistic? Why? Because I believe that only women are women? And, you know, that there's a certain amount of uh, science behind that. There's a reason why that nobody naturally, as far as I know, has ever transitioned and then had a kid themselves. I mean, guys that transition to female, the, the never, they, has anybody, have they ever found eggs in somebody's uh, nutsack or something that they could use? I don't. Uh, Pete, Pete jig. <laughs> Isn't isn't there a picture of him nursing his kid too? I think probably. I don't know. (laughs) It's all very disturbing. It is. It's it's all wants to be pushed for like, well, this is the norm. This is the norm. This is the norm. But I pulled this uh, last clip here. Now this was a razor fist. All right, you you really got hooked on this guy, Darren, and I think that's a good addiction. Well, because there's there's a uh, there is a kicker at the end, which Mm -hmm. I I listened to this. And he's talking about music journalism, especially metal journalism. Oh, he's a metalhead total. And I'm like, well, is this good enough? And then there's a kicker at the end that just made the whole thing uh, worthwhile, I think. But he also makes some good points about journalism as a whole. It doesn't matter if you're talking about metal journalism, music journalism. It all comes down to whether people are willing to get the story right and be honest. And that goes for really much uh, all journalism. Look, media is media, folks, with or without metal wallpaper. Journalists have been sucking down socialist sausage since the Paleolithic period. And if you're waiting for that particular (laughs) leopard to change its spots, let's just say you'd have a better chance of seeing the part in Howard Stern's hair. You're welcome (laughs) for the name Streaming for Vengeance, by the way. Maybe if you continue to steal the name of my show for the next 10 years, you'll be able to draw upwards of five and one half viewers for a change. Seriously, Sunshine, a brand name, print 
print magazine stretching back decades and you have to steal my ideas to score viewership numbers that look like Biden's IQ? Just because you Canadian <laughs> commies don't believe in property doesn't mean you're welcome to appropriate mine. I tell you to kill yourselves, but I don't work for the Canadian government. All those 80s parents bashing over and over. Aussie, because of the song Suicide Solution, turns out he was singing about Canadian health care all along. Look, man. Now, what? I thought that was a hell of a point. Hell of a point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how dangerous it is to have this arm that was, uh, you know, under the blade that uh, Al Gore went after. D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Yeah, going after Ozzy about suicide. Uh, Def Le- uh, not Def Leppard. I'm sorry. Judas Priest. Judas Priest is like, do not call us Def Leppard. They had yeah. lawsuits against them because the songs were talking about suicide. And it's like, yeah, now it's the Canadian government going, yay, we even have a cute yeah. little acronym. Come, we'll kill you. Just because you, you don't away. like what's going on, just because you, you don't you don't have a place to live. Well, then, yeah, you, you you qualify for some assisted suicide. Come on down to Canada. We will kill you. <laughs> it's like, OK, now this is the government. It's a, a song. <laughs> Ozzy doesn't seem as da- I mean, Ozzy is nowhere near as dangerous. He never was in his prime. Ozzy was never as dangerous as the no. Canadian government. Trudeau media is just the Washington Post with guitar solos. It is not to be mistaken for metal listeners. Sure, you have the odd member of the Portland Politburo who jumped ship after the hipster movement smacked the shiceberg and went down with all hands. But hipster garbage is just like regular garbage. It blows from one gutter to another. This week it's metal. Next week it's menudo. These ain't fans, folks. These are tourists. So do what any self-respecting Italian does to anyone wearing a camera. Ignore their obnoxious asses and go about your hairy way. Metal pulverized punk. It napalmed new wave. It got past grunge and murdered metalcore. It was here when bitter old pricks were preschoolers and it'll outlast everything on earth along with cockroaches, Duracell, and dark side Phil. Which if John Schaefer ever receives genuine justice and is exonerated is about as long as you'll have to wait for the mongs in metal media to print a retraction. Proving one thing and one thing alone. Scoring a job as a metal journalist is easier than Amber Heard on Spanish Fly. Hell, if that bald dude whispering his way through Wikipedia articles on the Rock and Roll True Stories YouTube channels any indication, all you need to qualify as a metal journalist is a microphone that works and a conscience that doesn't. Maybe go back to truly hard-hitting music journalism, like breathless coverage of Taylor Swift deepfakes. Yeah, quick question. How did Taylor Swift know her porn was a deepfake? Easy. Porn has better music. I'm Razor Fist. Godspeed. <laughs> that was one of the best lines I've heard in a long time. Good line. And again, he didn't do his classic salutation. Oh, interesting. The God fucking speed. Somebody, somebody in the troll room has to know this. I mean, because he has a pretty robust following. And I, you know, I, I've been hip to him for a number of years now. And it's really glaring that he no longer says God fucking speed. Yeah, because that went in. I cut it where music came in. So, I mean, I think that was yeah. the sign off. And uh, and I will say, as a Taylor Swift fan, I laughed out loud at that one. How you know Taylor Swift's porn is a deep fake? Because the music's better. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. That's comedy. <laughs> that's the way it used to be. Johnny Carson, you, 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 you spar at both sides. Sure. If you can't take a little bit of uh, poking fun at yourself, you're probably in the wrong place. True. Right here on Planet Rage. The like, rage like I laughed when when um who's was it somebody um 
Oh, was your rusky partner from uh, Unrelenting said that I sounded like a vibrator. Was that you? No, that was One Gene. Of you. Yeah, but Gene. So you know, and I said, yeah, I've, I've been I've been called a dick, but a vibrator is new, and I, I don't feel the least bit insulted. Gene claims he can't even understand the words you say. He just hears whoa, subsonic. Huh? Uh huh. Oh, you know. That's okay because he's got that. He's got a little bit of a different timber. I mean, I to get anybody into his voice, I got to use so much EQ, some compression. I mean, there's a lot of magical tricks. He likes to do the show like first thing in the morning because he says, you know, in the morning, he's at least, hi, I'm Sir Gene. Now, by like eight or nine at night, it's like, hi, everybody, I'm Sir Gene. (laughs) I didn't know that happens. Your voice changes throughout the day. I guess that makes sense. I guess it does. Yes. But we are Planet Rage, planetrage.show, value for value which means the shows go out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to decide if you've gotten any value, some, if you got any lols, if you got any value, if you got any, did you go, wow, I never would have thought of that before. If you get any value out of this show and we hope you do, otherwise we're just, we're not doing a good job. Go over to planetrage.show. All of the information is there. We are also lit. So if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app, and if you're not, why aren't you go to newpodcastapps.com? You can send us a boost or a boostagram. Today, coming in number one, I was glad I went over to the, well, I didn't, I have a wife for this. She went over to the P.O. box and there was a check from Eric Mackey coming in with double nickels on the dime, 5510. All right. Thank you, Eric. Very much appreciated. Finally, somebody for Planet Rage using the P.O. box because with the P.O. box prices going up and up and up, we need at least a few people to use it. Otherwise, I'm paying more for the P.O. box than we are getting in on the P.O. box and then yes that becomes problematic but thank you eric it is appreciated and yet again this was even though we're supposed to get emails when things show up at the box didn't see his no (laughs) so thank you post office our buddy sir nubbin just started a 25 dollar a month donation to planet rage nice thanks sir nubbin he is the program director of the rock and roll pre-show always likes to hear some deep purple some, I love that. He likes some classic tunage mm. and sticks without Dennis DeYoung. He likes sticks without Dennis DeYoung. It's a very specialized thing. I guess it is. I was never a sticks fan. So what it was, he the, uh, the lead guy, but then they booted him or what's, what's correct. That? What's that about? Okay. Yeah. He brought more of the show tunage, which I kind of liked to the, uh, mm. to the prog the lady. When I'm with you, I'm smiling guy. That's him. That's Dennis. Okay. I think I like sticks better without him too. He just turned 77 the other day. He's a Chicago guy. So I like him. Okay. His wife used to shop at the bookstore (laughs) that I worked at in high school where I met my wife. Um, Oh, cool. But I remember one time that his wife had ordered a book and it was, wasn't really sure if that was, you know, the D young. I mean, there's a lot of D youngs around. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. And it was my job that day for the books that came in. I'm like, I was talking about this on the rock and roll pre-show the other day before no agenda. I'm like, kids, I worked at a bookstore. There was a store that only sold books that people, if they wanted books, they would actually walk into the store, imagine that. look for them. And if they weren't there, they would order them and then have to come back and pick them up when they, <laughs> when they came in. This was before Amazon. And which is why you understand bookstores are now going out of business left and right. Oh, yeah. But when this book came in, I called and the voice on the other end of the phone was unmistakably Dennis DeYoung. And there was like so loud music going on in the background. I'm like, ah, yeah. And he's like, Oh, hold on a minute. 
And then everything, I don't know if it was live people practicing or he just had the stereo crank and then it got quiet. I'm like, oh, your wife ordered a book. It's here. He's like, oh, thanks. And that was it. But that was, it. That was my brush with Dennis DeYoung as a. That's funny story. 17 year old. <laughs> so it's like, this was, um, you know, again, it was just, it's weird when you run into people like that and, you know, you're just making a random phone call. There they are. Uh-huh. It's like, wow. I, how come I never pick up the phone and be like, oh, I said, don't. Oh, oh, this Taylor Swift. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Don't worry. It'll happen. It'll, it'll happen one day. I'll, I'll just, if I keep <laughs> dialing numbers randomly, yes, eventually <laughs> it will happen. Our buddy, no beret or no parade. If you prefer, no he came in with $10 and says for planet rage, shouty voice engage, please. Oh, all right. It says dear Darren. O, if the Daytona 500 sucks this year, I'm blaming you. Well, there was a lot of rain. I don't know. Uh, if you can necessarily say it sucked, I thought the race overall was what you would expect from Daytona. He says, I haven't watched one in about eight years. And the only promotion for it I've heard is from you. So I guess NASCAR also maybe should be sending us some money. Yeah. We're bringing people in. He says, you can uh, follow underscore. No, wait, I'm sorry. You don't want the underscore first. You want no underscore beret on X.com. He wants you to follow him over on X. I have. I followed him over next, but everybody else should. Yes. Indeed. No yes. underscore beret. Yes. And he says, pointy chicks and Mopars galore. The cars are from back when they had racing in NASCAR. Well, that's also when they had cars that looked like race cars. The, the cars that, uh, yeah, stock car racing, baby. That's, uh, mm. they've gotten so far away from that now. Yeah. Sad. It's a, it's like they still call them stock cars, but it's like there's almost nothing about those cars that are the same as no. what you go down and buy. And back in the day, I mean, I understand the safety implications, but back in the day, man, they would just go buy a car and put a roll cage in and say race. Yeah. That was when it was funny. He also says greetings, Larry, at the end. I don't know why you're greeting Larry at the end, no beret. That's okay. Hello. Hello, no beret. Should have come in way, way, Thank way you. earlier. <laughs> then let me see here. I don't have the uh, have these in any particular order because okay, I like totally for, stuff. forgot to do this. But we have the boostograms, which we appreciate if you're on that podcasting 2.0 thing. Memes 1337 came in with 2727 says leet boosting the split to sustain the rage. Another sanity saving episode to expose the clown world. We experience daily quote abused patience turns to fury that a quote from thomas fuller and we appreciate the boost and the quote we do thank you coming in next our buddy comic strip blogger did i send you his uh boost csb yes is this my cue to read oh because you know he loves he loves the vibrator voice and he doesn't want the shouty voice he came in with (laughs) 9900 satoshi so it means bitcoin is a little bit up today it is well thank you csb well here we go Howdy, Larry and Dave. Make sure to follow Dave. <laughs> this isn't great. Okay, CSB, are you trying, you're confusing us with the podcasting 2.0 show? Or did you just not cut and paste? You're thinking Adam and Dave, but no, you're going to say Larry and Dave. Dave is not so. on the show. Now, if he wants to be on the show, we'd certainly invite him to come on. But yeah, I'm just reading what I was given. You know, I just I don't edit scripts. I just read them. <laughs> Like I'm told to. Well, then, I mean, he wants it as Dave. I will. I will take offense at that, sir. All right. All right. Howdy, Larry and Dave. Make sure to follow at CSB on X, formerly known as Twitter. That's just three simple letters to remember. C S 
B. And don't forget to check out his cartoon blog at www.csb.lol. Yo. Man, now he's referring to himself in the third person. <laughs> That's a That's sure a sign of insanity, CSB. <laughs> Darren O'Neill will tell you how bad that is at a later time. Uh-oh. Look out. The uh, next Satoshi boost coming in 3333 from our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, who says, I hate it when car drivers try to play NASCAR with my truck and draft eight inches off my tail. Most annoying yeah. and dangerous thing in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the worst thing is, as the guy likes her truck driver in the big rig, there's nothing you can do about it. Nope. And if something happens to where you have to slam on your brakes and they pretty much buy the farm smashing into the back of your truck, you're not even going to feel it. No, they won't even know. It's like, that is just pure insanity. It's even worse. I would guess when people just decide they want to cut right in front of a truck thinking, well, you know, it could stop just as fast as my little sports car i see that all the time and it just pisses me off yeah it's like yeah because if you get run over then uh you know who's getting blamed Mm -hmm. so stay safe out there sir truck driver try to avoid the lunatics i mean back in the day i mean if i was uh i remember once about running out of gas on an expressway and i found a nice truck and got close but that was just because i wanted to you know get off the highway to be able to have gas before it died so you were drafting off him yeah gotcha you got to save that you got to save that gas mileage baby (laughs) and that's the other problem well not really a problem but these cars now with the computers in them where you can see your instantaneous gas mileage Mm. well you're getting an instant boost because you know joey biden it's costing you more money to get gas and when you get up close to that truck and you're like whoa have you has there been a spike in illinois because here in the nutmeg state i would say about two weeks ago, gas was like uh, two ninety three a gallon, and now it's about three fifty. It's a hell of a spike, really fast. I have not noticed, but this is the beautiful thing now with the wife working one mile away, oh, where she used to fill up twice a week. It's now like once a month. That's nice. Don't have to buy that gas. And our buddy Surfer coming in with twenty five thousand satoshis. All right, and just says bring the rage, and that we can do. Thank you, Surfer. It is what we do best. We thank everybody for listening live in the troll room, including DigiGuru, who loves to call you the ginger sage. <laughs> and the, uh, yes, I worked at Crocs and Brentano's DigiGuru, and then they went bankrupt. See, though, here's the thing. My work, <laughs> I worked for Crocs and Brentano's, the bookstore. They went bankrupt. Then I worked for Circuit City. They went bankrupt. I worked for Radio Shack. They went bankrupt. So now here I am on the Mighty No Agenda stream. Adam, you feel really good having me around because I bring bankruptcy like nobody's business. Do you think you could pitch a job over at the DNC? Maybe. Maybe. Fix everything, Darren. If you have that power, exercise it. (laughs) The last business that I actually worked for is uh, still there and going strong, though. So that's. uh, Oh, so the the curse has been broken. Shit. Yeah, my buddy over that uh, runs the carpet store that I managed back in the day. So if you need good flooring advice, I can give you that. There you go. But he's still around. I'm like, retired, dude. He's like in his seventies, but he's a good dude. He was the one when I needed the new carpet. We just like, ah, came right out, took care of it. That's nice. If you'd like to help support the show and we hope you do, you got some value, go to planetrage.show, and all of the information is 
there. Now, do you know what's coming up this week on that I Larry show? Do. It's another show that Larry does that you should be listening to on a weekly basis. Thank you so much, but I don't. But if you've missed my last episode, which I posted again two days late, and I apologize, it's a pretty good one. People are digging it. It's called How to Crush Commies. So there. And what have you got for uh, random thoughts? Oh, I'll down. probably bitch about the racing or something yeah. like that. I mean, the beauty right. for that Larry show, if you have a stereo system and you want to test the subwoofers and bass, you just turn that on. <laughs> it's great. It'll just vibrate the whole house. You know, if Howard Stern thought he had, that was the bit in the, his movie, right? Where he was like, hey, sit on your speaker, lady. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, there you go. That's why maybe this is why we have a very large female contingent for this show. And you Do would we? Well, that, and, that makes me very happy. Let's go. Cool. The ladies cool. have the rage. There is no yeah. question about that. But it does. It feels like a Monday. So it's a Tuesday. We thank everybody Tuesday. for uh, yes. hanging with us. And I thank you for hanging with me and my racing addiction. Because it's like, you know, hey, on, on any other day, it's like, well, okay, I can wait and I can watch a, a recording. And I'm not sure. that insane about it. But it's like, this is the first race I've been waiting since like November for this one. I get it. Hey, a happy podcaster is a great podcaster. And you dig that NASCAR. And plus, it's good to, you know, sort of uh, leave them little uh, thirsty now and then so let them wait a day for our greatness <laughs> and at least and at least bandrew noticed i don't know if anybody else noticed what but we thank bandrew for like wait is there a, what, what, there's no planet rage this week so thank you he did that's right he did notice thank you bandrew i mean yeah. uh, it also says he didn't follow anything that i had said earlier which was we're skipping until tuesday it's okay maybe he listened listened at 1.75 he might have missed that <laughs> people do that it's okay so at least we know you're keeping up with what's going on, Bandrew. He's yeah. just afraid we're going to say stuff about him again, like Carjack Bandrew. I mean, we would never. <laughs> Carjack Bandrew. <laughs> we would never. But we will be back next week on Monday, our regular time at 1 p.m. Central. Join us mm. by coming into the troll room that we so graciously steal from No Agenda for the time slot there. Trollroom.io. Noagendastream.com is where you hear us live. And if you're not subscribed, tell a few friends. Put Planet Rage into your favorite podcasting app. And we will be back again to rage. We will. Later, everybody. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Oh, world, don't shit.